Glee, the show where we get high and watch Glee. I'm Courtney, and I've never seen all of Glee. And I'm Elise, and Glee was my entire personality back in the day. I know for the listeners, we are both consuming weed legally and are allowed to have it, so if it is not legal in your area or you are not of legal age to consume it, please don't. And yes, we will be trashing Will Schuster in every episode. Please enjoy this, and hi us, take it away. (laughs) So, been a minute... I'm Anita. <laughs> I'm a man and woman <laughs> to pump me up. <laughs> Can you imagine if Lisa was around when Glee was on? Uh, I think she was. I just think she wasn't famous yet. Like, not that famous. Oh, well, yeah. You, you know what I mean. <laughs> Welcome back to TH Glee. Here's what you missed on TH Glee. We're going to do a recap. Okay, so we haven't watched the episode yet. We're just... We're just catching up because it's been a, a while. It's been like two months. <laughs> yeah. And it occurred to me this morning that like the last episode we watched, the last two episodes we watched were the puppets and the alternate universe Christmas episode. So we haven't actually had any time with the real plot for a while. So I'm pretty sure you're not going to remember <laughs> anything that's going on in the next episode. Yeah. So I'm going to set a timer for 10 minutes <laughs> and then we're going to just like briefly recap to you yeah well i think i probably will because i don't again i don't think you remember (laughs) you don't know what i know (laughs) okay you ready yeah all right 10 minutes go here's what you missed on th glee the last episode was a weird christmas episode and the one before that was puppets and the plot right now is i don't know elise take it away gonna say you're like you don't know what i know and i'm like okay tell me what's happening in the plot right now um (laughs) rachel's in funny girl that's gonna be important i i think this is when i i not to spoil anything but i'm pretty sure santana's about to be her understudy which is weird how do you know that because i i've heard rumors about glee also, to be fair, are some are some of the listeners telling you things? No, about no, 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 no. If they no, are, no. I'm going to find them. Also, you have to remember, senior year of college, Alana was fully rewatching Glee. Oh, that's I true. That's true. That's half listened in on a couple of the episodes she watched. So, like, I don't remember like a ton, but I remember like little details like that. Yeah. So Rachel's in Funny Girl, and oh, they have a band. high school is still happening. They have a band. Is that a still still the thing? That's right. They have a band with uh, Adam Lambert and Demi Lovato. What's the band called, Courtney? Barbara something. <laughs> Patty Patty Barbara 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 Lapone. <laughs> it was something stupid like that. It you, you're in the right vein, but none of what you've said is currently Angela <laughs> Angela Lansbury. <laughs> something Lansbury. Yes, because they sang a song, and then the guy thought it was like actually Angela Lansbury. Pamela Lansbury. <laughs> Pamela Lansbury. Good job. Good job. The fucking, like, free association I had to do to get there. <laughs> <laughs> to get to Pamela Lansbury, yeah. Oh my god, R.I.P. Angela Lansbury. She died since the last time we recorded. Oh my god. We're like the harbingers of death Are on this show. everybody? <laughs> We're killing all the old women. Oh no, Mitch McConnell might die next. Oh no, oh, I no. hope that doesn't happen. Let's hope. <laughs> no, I was thinking about it earlier. I was like, can like a person that actually should die die this time? Yeah, that'd be nice. Because every time we record, somebody dies. <laughs> yeah, this is gonna be old news the next time. By the time this comes out, but like Aaron Carter died yesterday. <laughs> yeah, and the last time we recorded was the day the Queen died. <laughs> so we don't have a great track record. Uh, no, and I mean like before that, we, we were we were recording when Betty White died. Uh, I talked about Sondheim's death, and then by the time that episode came out, he had died. <laughs> Maybe we should just—we so, shouldn't talk about celebrities anymore. <laughs> this is a pop culture review podcast. No. Brittany, we have to. What if, like, we're talking about fucking Leah Michelle and she dies? Don't even put that out there. That's mean. <laughs> 
I don't want to put it out there. I don't want her to die. Leah Michelle opened in Funny Girl since the last time we recorded. Also very true. And um, since then, everything on Broadway is like announced that they're closing. So <laughs> a lot has happened. So the Pamela Lansbury is still a thing. They're like gonna perform something somewhere, right? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. They don't care very much about Pamela Lansbury on this show. Marley and what's his nuts broke up. Mm-hmm. And but she's not dating abusive guy yet. <laughs> not in the not in the show. Maybe in real life. Oh yeah, in real life. Kurt and Blaine are back together. And they're getting Yeah, they're engaged. And they're they're engaged. That's happening. That's weird. Uh regionals. That happened? Sectionals. What happened? <laughs> Continue. We have six. Regionals Regionals was the season four finale, so they're preparing for nationals That's right now. And and the remaining interesting characters are preparing to graduate. <laughs> yes. Because remember Blaine had his Niata audition in the Billy Joel episode and we just like didn't see it. They just like told us that it happened. Yeah, which I'm like, what what song did he sing? I wanna know. Yeah, right? I wanna know. Oh god, the Billy Joel episode. That was a bad episode. Wasn't Tyra Banks in that episode? Yes. That's when Sam was trying to be a model. Mm-hmm. I forgot all about that. <laughs> Sam will continue to want to be a model. I'll just tell you right now. I mean, that makes sense for him as a person and a character. Yeah, I mean, he's a himbo. He's got a hot bod. Yeah. He's white chocolate, baby. We haven't seen any of the, like, other characters in a while. We haven't seen, like, Mercedes in a minute. Quinn is M.I.A. Quinn, God only knows what's going on with her. Uh, poor thing. <laughs> she's probably dating another professor at Yale. Um, Actually, we see Quinn in a couple episodes and she is dating somebody. And um, I think you might be surprised as to who it is. Is it Rachel? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I wish. Uh, I wish. No, it's it's someone that hasn't been on the show before. Interesting. Okay. Um, we have four and a half minutes. What else are we forgetting? What else am I forgetting? Mm, I had to, like, go on IMDb to see what the next episode and or so were. Because I'm, we're almost to the midpoint of this season. And after the midpoint, things mostly get better. <laughs> okay. I, hopeful. Um, although, honestly, the next few episodes we have, I don't remember loving the next two, but, like, I'm open to them being better than I'm expecting because, like, anything is better than the last two that we watched, so... Yeah, that second episode is haunting. And that Christmas one. Like, oh my god. I can't think about the Christmas one too hard without, like, my brain melting out of my ears. Like... They were elves. They were, like, sexy elves for a... They did the chipmunk Christmas song, Courtney. And then they got robbed? Yeah, and, like, Kirk got, like, hogtied by the... By, like, hot Santa? By the sexy Santa. <laughs> but they all had sex with him? Maybe? It was, like, a weird Santa orgy. And then he robbed them. Right, like, even Santana was into it, and I'm like, you're not into that. Also, they're all literally 18 in that scenario. It's true. They are, at the oldest, 19. But they're probably 18. So upsetting. <laughs> so upsetting just these children in new york in a loft in bushwick with no parental supervision remember when kurt got that tattoo yes what did it say it said it's get better and then he got it fixed fixed i put in heavy air quotes uh to it's got bet midler <laughs> i hope that's a real tattoo he has on his body <laughs> Well, the tattoo that, like, Rachel reveals that she secretly got is, like, an actual tattoo that Leah Michelle has. Yeah, just this I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then remember when he got his tongue pierced for, like, his troubles? Oh, my God. <laughs> remember Adam? It'll never be mentioned again. <laughs> remember Adam? <laughs> oh, my God. Remember Adam? Yeah. Remember they were, RIP. They were dating for, like, two seconds, and then... Kurt was like, and then we never saw I kind of liked Adam. Adam was cool. 
Yeah. I mean, he's, he's never going to be Blaine, but, like, I I think it would have been more interesting if Kurt had, like, actually dated somebody, but what do I know? <laughs> you can't date Adam Lambert. They're both too um, center of attention-y. Oh, my gosh. Spoiler alert, there's not very much Adam Lambert left, really? but uh, at one point, him and Blaine interact, and it's very funny. I'll say that. Are Demi Lovato and Santana kind of dating? Is that a thing? Yeah. They've made out. Well, made out, meaning they had one very chaste kiss three episodes ago or however long ago. Yeah. That's how you know that they're together. Well, girls don't kiss. Boys don't kiss either. No. (laughs) Only on very special occasions. Yeah. Only on Christmas and birthdays. (laughs) (laughs) Or in Beatles episodes. (laughs) I guess engagements are fine. All right, 30 seconds left. Anything else that we missed? Probably, but... um... (laughs) I think we should probably just jump in. Let's just jump into it. Let's let's make like Corbin Blue and jump in. Push it, push it to the limit. To the limit, Because <laughs> we're in it to win it. In it to win it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Stay tuned. Um, I'm going to end this part, and the next time you hear our voices, we will have watched season five, episode nine, Frenemies. And the movie Jump In. <laughs> yes. Okay, um, we're back. We're back, baby. Oh, we're recording. Good morning. (laughs) (laughs) Toothless. Hi, Toothless. What is that episode all about? He slept through all of it. Really, he would have no clue. I wouldn't say that that was a bad episode. It definitely brought the drama. I and mean, I like, there was, it, it was very peak Glee. Yeah. Um, Not in, like, the best way, but, like, peak, you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> here's what made it a better episode. Mr. Shu only had, like, three lines. He was not a mm-hmm. part of the plot. Tina got to sing some songs. She also pushed Artie over. <laughs> So, you know, there's a lot of pros and cons to go here. This. Should we just jump into it? (laughs) Yeah, so much happened. I feel like I just watched a feature length film. So, this episode's called Frenemies. Oh no. Did you just freeze? My connection's unstable. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) Frenemies. Everybody's um, a frenemy. They really lean into the title of this episode. They really hammer it at home that everyone is a frenemy this this time around. They had a concept and they ran with it. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. There's like four different plot lines happening. Um, <laughs> Santana and Rachel are working at the Stardust Diner still. What's it called, actually? I think you're right. I know it's based on Ellen Stardust, which is the real, like, singing diner. Um, it's Star something. Yeah, so they're working there. Starlight? Yeah, something like that. Santana's waiting tables, and this lady calls her over and starts, like, speaking to her in Spanish in, like, the most offensive way possible. And is, like... She did mis- know Spanish, though, so it was kind of confusing. Yeah, but it was, like, the most basic Spanish, where it was, like, mi huevos no es caliente, like, (laughs) and, um, Santana's, like, what? (laughs) She's, like, oh, my God, you speak English? I just, you know, I thought you only spoke Mexican or whatever. She's, like, I'm Puerto Rican. I'm from Ohio. She She literally looks at her and goes, I'm from Ohio. Um, yeah, and the lady is very rude. And then is like, oh, my egg's hot. And so Santana's like, okay, whatever. And then Rachel's like, Santana, why are you so sad about being a waiter? 
And Rachel's like, Santana, why are you so sad? Being a waiter's fun. And also, I'm in Funny Girl. And Santana's like, yeah, it's great. And then Rachel's like, what if you were in, like, uh, the cover of New York Magazine with me? Because I'm a star, and I can make you a star. And Santana's Santana's like, okay. And so (laughs) they... They go to this, like, magazine shoot for Funny Girl, and it's Rachel with, like, a bunch of models who are 10 feet taller than her. Um, I don't know why they were there, because it was, like, explicitly for Funny Girl, but then, like, the other models were, like, also up-and-coming actresses, but, like, it wasn't their shoot. It was really weird. Yeah. And so they're, like, getting ready for this photo shoot. Rachel's wearing her funny girl bob and um, some outfit that I guess is based on a Barbara Streisand outfit. Yeah, it's the outfit that Barbara Streisand wore when she won the Oscar for Funny Girl. There we go. And (laughs) that's the one. And then Santana's watching this all happen and she's, like, getting ready to be in the photo shoot. And then they start singing Brave by Sarah Bareilles. For no reason. The the songs in this episode come out of fucking left field. <laughs> yeah. Like, the, the needle drops? None of them make sense. So they sing Brave. Every single one. You were like, no. Yeah. I was like, no, this doesn't make sense. The song doesn't make sense here. Brave, in context, makes the most sense, I think. Yeah. I guess. I guess. But, so, they're they're singing Brave, and Santana, like, gets dressed, and they're all doing their photo shoot, which they were doing it, and I was like, they're moving a lot for a photo shoot, like, <laughs> it's gonna be some blurry photos. Um, turns out it was all a dream sequence, so that's why. Um, it was a Santana dream sequence. You also pointed out that they keep doing POV shots in this episode. There were so many POV shots in this. And like like yeah. the first like three scenes with Tina and Artie and then a scene between uh Kurt and Adam Lambert, they were like the most aggressive POV shots and they were not they were very unsettling. <laughs> they were like shaky too. It was yeah, it was like handheld camera. It was like really bizarre. Yeah, it was, like, something you would see, like, a 90s movie. So they do the shoot. Meanwhile, uh, Kurt is working on his band, Pamela Lansbury, but he's worried that Adam Lambert, a.k.a. Starchild, a.k.a. Elliot, is, like, trying to take over the band because he had, like, an interview in the Village Voice about the band. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't know why he was doing that or in that it was really weird yeah so kurt's like all paranoid that elliot's trying to take over his band so there's two of the frenemies right there we have santana v rachel and kurt v elliot kurt's like well we gotta practice as a band i'm gonna invite elliot over not demi lovato though just elliot um Timmy Lovato will be in the next episode. I don't know if we'll see her after that, though. <laughs> and then Rachel's like, well, I can't practice tonight. I have to go to uh, the auditions for my understudy. And then Santana's like, well, if Rachel's not going, I'm not going. And then Rachel, like, Kurt's all upset, but Rachel's leaving the apartment. And then, like, a dramatic floor, she puts on her sunglasses and go and, like, just looks at Kurt and goes, it's so hard to be a star. And then, like, w- dramatically walks away. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> okay. So, Rachel's at the Funny Girl auditions with um, Dr. Colin and um, direct- Director Colin, sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's and- one thing we forgot to mention in our little recap is who is directing Funny Girl. Yeah, it's um, Carlisle Colin from Twilight. But he's got brown hair, and also he touches Rachel, like, a lot. It's weird. He's, like, a very handsy director, and I don't like it. So, he... <laughs> they're doing the, the the understudies for... The auditions for Rachel's understudy. Jesus Christ. I can speak. They're doing the audition for Rachel's understudy, which I have... 
I take so I take a lot of umbrage with everything that has to do with anything theatrical in the in this fucking show because it's like completely wrong. <laughs> no, we talk about it a lot on this show. How like everything they show of the theater world and everything they say about like the theater world and like the New York theater scene is like just completely ludicrous. <laughs> Yeah, I can see why there's, like, a whole generation of kids who, like, thought they loved Broadway and knew what it was, and then, like, came to New York and was like, oh, God, this is not like Glee. Because, <laughs> like, they do the auditions in the theater, they're doing the rehearsals in the theater, that's, like, that's not how it would happen. Like, theaters don't just sit empty for people to audition in. Everything uh, in Funny Girl in this episode takes place at the theater, <laughs> Which when is wrong. N- actually, none of this would be taking place at the theater. <laughs> no, I was saying to Elise, this would all be taking place in Sunlight Studios on, on fucking 43rd and 8th, because that's where the actual, like, funny girl rehearsals happened. Like, <laughs> just some, like, shitty studio in Midtown. <laughs> but also, why were they auditioning understudies so late in the game? Why wouldn't they, uh, like, pull an understudy either from the ensemble or from the first round of auditions? I mean, it's still quite a while until the show opens on the show, so I don't know, but... (sighs) So they're doing these auditions. It's all very strange. They're doing these auditions. And honestly, more realistically, they would have cast because like when rachel first auditioned she was talking about how like they were bringing in like like famous people to see if they wanted to do it realistically one of them would have been cast and rachel would have been the understudy yeah she's an unknown yeah but we're not playing that game (laughs) no rachel's the famous one now yeah it yeah i can't believe this is all happening in real life too (laughs) my brain can't comprehend that so they're at the auditions. They open with some poor girl singing horribly off key, which also would which never how happen. How she even got an audition? That's just it. Which would also never happen because they would have vetted videos, reels. It and would then... be so much more effective if, like, they showed that it was serious competition and they like showed somebody very competently auditioning. Yeah, and then Santana can come in and then, be better. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because Santana rolls in full season one, uh, was it sectionals or whatever, where Rachel did Don't Run On My Parade? <laughs> like, yeah. Season one sectionals, Santana enters from the back of the house with some, like, upbeat, like, poppy version of Don't Rain On My Parade. <laughs> and it's phenomenal, and she sings it amazingly. It's in, like, a, it's like a register too low, but... Yeah, I mean, okay. I have a lot of thoughts and feelings on this because obviously she sounds amazing. Like, she sounds incredible. That's not up for debate. I'm not calling that into question. However, for starters, why would you audition with, like, a completely different arrangement of the song for your audition? Um, Yeah, it's bad to audition with a song from the musical you're auditioning for. Also, it's a pop version of the song. It's like the pop version of Defying Gravity. Um, yeah. But it's this song. And, um, it, like, okay, she's the understudy. That doesn't mean that, like, the show's going to have a different complete tone if she goes on. <laughs> like, I yeah. just, it, do- it doesn't feel like the right choice. Yeah, you don't the want to. The show is still very much like a classic Broadway tone and style. Like, so to do a pop version. I struggle with that. But also, like, they, they, like, she immediately gets told that she's going to be the understudy, basically. Yeah, like, she's hired on the spot. Yeah, because everyone else has sucked, because, like, apparently every other actor in New York is bad, which is There would not- be thousands, if you thousands a- of young women in Manhattan like who would literally kill each other to get this part. If you had an open call for funny girl understudy auditions. The line would be four days long. Yeah. Like, you would not be able to do it. Like, that's just not how it would work at all. <laughs> like, and most of those people would probably be pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Because they all probably went to 
whatever the Niata is in real life. Amda? I don't know. Juilliard? Juilliard. <laughs> Fucking NYU Tish? Like, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. I mean... Columbia? <laughs> you probably already have credits. They'd have experience in shows, and, like, Santana does not have that. It um, would be a bunch of people who'd already worked off-Broadway and on... And, off-Broadway and Broadway and ensembles as well. Like, you yeah. know. Um, like, there, there are people on the internet who, like, this is, like, their favorite, their, like, single favorite Glee cover. And they think it's worlds and worlds better than the Rachel version. And, like, I just don't see that. <laughs> It's like fine. like it's it's not really fair to compare it because they're very very different takes on the song, but and like they're, they're very different singers. Exactly, but I just I I I routinely think about the first time Rachel did that song on the show, and I almost yeah. never think about this. <laughs> yeah, you don't and hear like about that's it. just me. It's a matter it's a matter of personal taste, but like I just. It doesn't really have the same dramatic effect when it's, like, the dramatic inflections in the song are, like, stripped away. Like, it's not as theatrical. Um, So, therefore, I think as, like, a performance, it's not as effective. But, again, that's just me. And, again, she sounds incredible. I just... I... It, like, hurts my brain to think about this plot. (laughs) And, and this particular element of it. Like, like we, Santana is not well cast as Fanny Bryce. Like, I, I, think, I think both of them had accurate points in their arguments. And Rachel's accurate point is, like, you don't really make sense for this role. <laughs> like, she's right. Yeah. She doesn't make sense for it. I, I, yes. There's that. And then there's also the fact that, like, I don't understand Rachel, like, being so butthurt about her being the understudy when, like... I don't think Santana is going to showgirls her. I think, if, like, if I got a role, if I got the starring role in a Broadway show, I would make sure all of my friends were auditioning to be the understudy because I would want them to be on Broadway with me. Like, well, yeah. And the other thing is, is that like, if you're friends with your understudy, they're less likely to like root against you. <laughs> and like, the understudies usually are in the ensemble and shows like that. Like she'd still be performing like every day. I think I think understudy was perhaps a poor choice of words on the show's part. I think it was again them not fully understanding how things work because in reality they'd be casting her standby. Yes, they would be ha- casting a specific actor who is only covering her role, can be available at a moment's notice to do this role, isn't going to be doing anything else. Because the lead is so important that, like, you can't just, like, throw anyone in it. Um, yeah. And that's very standard. That's what is happening currently <laughs> with Funny Girl. Uh, the the standby for that show has had a lot of press lately because she's gotten to go on a lot. She goes on, I think, once a week right now. So, like... Yeah, because why would they honestly, the you know? <laughs> yeah, like like having a good relationship with the person that's in that position for you is like really important because you know then if you do need to miss performances for some reason, you know that like it's in good hands and that like I I think I think I think honestly, Santana probably was approaching it from this standpoint of like. I can get what I want and at the same time I can do a solid for my friend and like get to spend more time with her. But Rachel jumped to the wrong conclusion and Santana being as defensive as she is and as like angry as she usually is. I think she was just like, I'm not even going to try and defend myself. I'm just going to like make this hurt because that's so rude of you to even think that. Yeah. I think, I think, realistically she was probably seeing it from that perspective i don't think santana auditioned out of malice no i think she did it because she thought it would be fun to do a yeah show. and like honestly she, she i mean i can see how she was maybe testing rachel's limits because like rachel had been 
so aggressively like, no, Santana, we're friends. I'm supporting you. I want to lift you up, even though I'm getting this big thing right now. And Santana was like, okay, let's see if you really mean it. And she got her answer, which is no. <laughs> yeah. Which is important. I, I honestly, the more I think about this plot, the more interesting it is. Because, like, if they would just, like, be adults and talk about it, which I think that's really Rachel's burden, because, like, Santana would have sat down and talked about it um, if Rachel hadn't come in guns blazing. But I think if they had just been grown-ups about it, I don't think it would have been a big issue. Because <laughs> they're both right. Like, oh, yeah. They're both right. They just both took it way too far. Same with uh, Tina and Artie. Tina and Artie were both right, but Tina took things so much further than they needed to. <laughs> well, and like, <laughs> I also think it's hilarious that Rachel the whole time was like, I don't need an understudy. I'm going to wear a mask. I'm never going to get sick. And then Leah Michelle. She got COVID one, like three performances. <laughs> yeah. Week one of Funny Girl got COVID. <laughs> so there's a lot you know, of I was thinking about why all of that was funny, but for a different reason um, for later on in this season of the show, which I can't tell you about, but, um, <laughs> but that you're right. I, I did catch the part where she was like, I'm going to be like those Chinese people and wear a mask. And I'm like, Oh girl. <laughs> oh, <Ooh>, yikes. <laughs> like, somebody did not wear a mask in real life. <laughs> yeah. So Santina's the understudy. Rachel's pissed. She wants Kurt to be pissed with her, but Kurt's like, I don't see why this is a problem. <laughs> Which, good for him. Yeah, he's like, I I mean, good for both of you. You guys did it. Like, <laughs> Kurt spends this whole episode standing in their kitchen, like, putting together a spread. Like, every scene he's in, he starts off by, like, preparing something in the kitchen. Did you well, notice yeah, that? He, he made yeah. cucumber sandwiches. He offered to make espresso. He made cinnamon rolls with glaze. <laughs> Yeah, he's just becoming a little chef. Um, and also he was wearing a shirt. I thought it was puppies, but then we got a closer look. It looked like like mountain lions on his shirt. It was a weird shirt. It was very strange. A lot of interesting fashion choices from Kurt and Blaine in this. And also from Adam Lambert, if I'm being honest. <laughs> he looked like a straight man in a couple of scenes, though, and it was weird. It was so weird seeing him without any eye makeup on. I think that's what it was. Yeah, he looked like a normal person, which is like not how I'm used to it seeing It was jarring. <laughs> Yeah, so Santana and Rachel are fighting, and then they both leave to go to rehearsal. Kurt is like, I'm having Elliot come over because I need to know what his deal is. And so Elliot comes over and is like, the nicest guy is just like, hey, Kurt, what's up? Like, let's hang out. Well, yeah. Kurt is fully suffering a psychotic break before, yeah, Kurt's like before having Star Child's very eyes. Yeah, Kurt's like having these, like twitchy moments where he keeps imagining, like, Adam Lambert's like, I'm stealing your band. <laughs> It's so <laughs> Adam, Adam Lambert's like, you good, bud? <laughs> He's like visibly concerned. <laughs> he like picks up a sandwich, but then like gently sets it down and doesn't even eat it. <laughs> He's like, I can't trust him right now. This could be a poisoned cucumber sandwich. <laughs> yeah. And then Kurt like gets closer and closer to him and is like, so when did you start performing? Like what instruments do you He's play with? He's not being subtle. And then Adam Lambert's like, oh, you know, I play guitar. Do you play any instruments? And then Kurt's like, yeah, I play, I play guitar. I know a few chords. And then Kurt fully lies and says that he knows how to play a guitar, which he's never picked one up before. I'm not even convinced he's touched a guitar before. <laughs> no, but there's also one lying on the couch next to him for some reason. I think that's Star Child's, though. But why did he bring it? Oh, because of band Cause practice. Because it was band practice. So then... Adam Lambert, uh, Kurt's like, well, why don't you teach me some guitar then? And Adam Lambert's like, well, we need to get you your own guitar because you got to have like that like feeling, that sexiness of the guitar. So they go to this very red building full of guitars <laughs> and other musical instruments. Um, also note that there is a stripper pole and a bunch of scaffolding everywhere. <laughs> the next thing that happens is Adam Lambert and Kurt go into this store the man behind the counter says, don't touch the axes. Kurt says, oh, these are the axes? And then <laughs> Adam Lambert looks at some rando man playing a guitar and goes, hey, do you know that song by the darkness? Um, I believe in a thing called love. And then the man just starts playing it. <laughs> and I'm like, is this not a date? Like, <laughs> this, this scene is unhinged. <laughs> 
and the transitions to songs in this episode are just the laziest things I've ever seen. <laughs> it's unhinged because they're singing they're it. so but funny. Like, it's, it's like camp how terrible the transitions to songs are in this. I fully believe this is a song Kurt wouldn't know. Um, <laughs> I do believe Adam Lambert would know this song because it is like hashtag a little gay. But Courtney, like, Kurt has vinyl records in his apartment. He has a vinyl record by T-Rex. Oh, sorry. You're right. Glam rock. Um, <laughs> this song, it. which is... They're, which not is even, they're not even singing in their falsettos, which is honestly it's, disappointing. It's The song, as written, is literally tailor-made to these two guys' voices. And they're like, just like, no. <laughs> and then they sing it. I believe in a thing called love. Just listen to the rhythm of my heart. <laughs> so their harmonies are really weird. It's not good. Sun goes down. I believe in a thing called love. That was higher than they did it. I believe in a thing called love. There you go. Ooh. Guitar. <laughs> that's, that's right. He just said guitar. Which is a line in the song, but he really, like, in the song, he goes, <laughs> There was, like, no energy in this, except for Chris Colfer, who, if that man's gonna do one thing, it's climb on some scaffolding and slide down a pole. Which oh, he did, they, both of. They, they, like, simul death dropped, like, off the super pole. <laughs> and then the man behind the counter goes, get these guys some guitars. <laughs> kick them out <laughs> i was like what <laughs> get this man a guitar <laughs> and then courtney wrote sir this is a guitar center <laughs> sir this is a guitar center oh <laughs> uh, like you can't do this here this is this is the best buy <laughs> so that happened um and now they're friends so they go back uh, then Rachel and Santana are at... I haven't even gotten to McKinley High. Like, just keep that's that in mind. Fine. Rachel and Santana are at the theater. Um, Santana goes into Rachel's dressing room to get ready. And Rachel's like, um, excuse me, the bathroom for the understudy is a floor up. And Santana's like, or no, no, because I forgot. Rachel slapped the shit out of Santana. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, that was in the previous. That's season. what happened. Rachel slapped the you shit. You were Santana. so were shook crazy. by this. I was shook. I turned on my camera because that's how shook I was. <laughs> and I was like, "Fucking get it, girl!" Like, honestly, good for her. But also, that's shitty. Like, why'd you slap your friend? I mean, um, the thing is, like, I. <sighs> so so what happens is is like Rachel. And Santana are, like, back at the apartment with Kurt after Santana auditions. And Rachel is certifiably furious at Santana for auditioning. But she also says she's mad that she didn't tell her. Which makes me think that if she had told her, maybe things would have gone a little differently. I think, again, if Santana had framed it as, you know, listen, this is actually a good thing for you. I can help you out. Um, but of course she does none of that. <laughs> and well, so, I mean, I kind of agree with Santana though, because like Santana's like, well, I didn't tell you because I knew if I told you, you would have t- torpedoed me before I would have gotten even in the theater. And like, that's, that's definitely fair. I also think that like, <sighs> I mean, the thing is like Rachel really acts insanely manipulative in this episode. <laughs> She's yeah. like, she like Santana I think crosses the border into cruel first but Rachel crosses it harder. <laughs> yeah. And like when someone is just so unwilling to consider for a moment that they're in the wrong even a little bit, like there's only so much you can do to deal with that sort of energy. <laughs> and I think Santana at the end of the episode is kind of just like, "Listen, if you you got to do what you got to do." I'm not going to cave because you're being way over the top and she just, like, lets Rachel throw her tantrum. Like, I think that was probably the right move on Santana's part to just be like, you know what? Fine. I'm done 
playing your game. <laughs> yeah. You're not willing to listen to me, so I'm not I'm not going to like stand in your way if you want to threaten to leave. Do it. Like I'll call your bluff. <laughs> yeah, and then Rachel slaps the shit out of her and then they go to a rehearsal. <laughs> yeah, so so back at the earlier scene, <sighs> Rachel, Rachel's mad, and then she, like, goes into her little room area, and Santana, like, follows her in there, and, like, actually does get, like, very personally mean. <laughs> yeah. She like, does. she's, she's really, really trying to get Rachel's snap, and it works. She snaps, and she slaps her so hard. <laughs> Honestly, it was very and, like, <laughs> I, I, like, I, Kurt's I, just there, like, um. <laughs> Kurt's like, I'm gonna make tea or something <laughs> he's he like tries to get them to calm down by saying that he'll make espresso yeah so then they go to rehearsal and santana's in rachel's dressing room and she's like well i need to cover up the bruise on my cheek because somebody slapped me and then rachel's like i'll do it again bop, bop. <laughs> like rachel is like full like crazy train this episode like she takes a, a full 180 it's very very fast so she kicks, like, she tries to kick Santana out of her dressing room, and then uh, Director Colin comes up and is like, Hey, yo, no fighting. I have millions of reporters who want the story of two girls making it on Broadway who come from the same high school and who are, like, friends. Which, and they're, like, like gross. <laughs> and, and they're roommates. And, like, to be fair, he's right. Roommates. Like, that's, <laughs> like, that's a great angle. It's a great press for the show. Like, I don't. Like, if I were Rachel, I'd be, like, trying even harder to make peace because, like, it's about her dream and it's about that. Yeah. Like, she's always put the dream first. And that's what she and keeps like, saying in this, like, she's like, you guys can't handle it that I'm actually getting my dream. And it's like, well, but if you if you were really serious about living the work that it comes from this dream, like, you would say, you know what, it's more important than my anger at Santana for my show to be good. <laughs> and and she would, like, play along and do the press stuff. Like, that's just my take. I get that that's less, new or, like, more nuanced than Ryan Murphy's willing to do, but... <laughs> yeah. But also, like, wouldn't Rachel want to be, like, the hero who got her friend a role in Funny Girl? Yeah, she th- th- think about that. She could frame the story however she wants because at the end of the day, she's the star and Santana's yeah. the understudy. And like I think part of the problem is that Rachel keeps assuming that Santana is doing this specifically to sabotage her and that she's going to like try and undermine her out of the show, which I don't think was Santana's intention, but now that Rachel has been so mean, maybe she does want to do that. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. The whole thing is weird. But they're at the... They're doing rehearsal and... What song Rachel, did they sing, Courtney? No, first of all, Rachel says that she's worried Santana's gonna showgirls her, which means in this universe, Rachel Berry has watched the movie Showgirls, which is hilarious. Starring Blaine's mom. <laughs> Starring Blaine's mom. <laughs> <laughs> and so the... She kicks her out, and then they go to start rehearsal, but then <sighs> the song, what is it, Every Step You Take by the Police? It's Every Breath playing. You Take, but Every yeah. Every Breath You Take by the Police starts playing, and it is the creepiest, most murdery fucking vibe this show has ever given us for a song, because it is just Rachel and Santana singing it, like, as they're rehearsing and, like, staring at each other, just daggers and i'm like somebody's gonna get fucking murdered (laughs) i yeah like now that you point that out it really was a very dark tone it was so dark (laughs) there was some dark energy in this performance (laughs) so awkward and weird and upsetting and like and then they like start doing choreography with like the doors to the dressing rooms yeah (laughs) doorography as i called it (laughs) yeah also, like, where did they shoot this? Like, where did they film the Funny Girl Theater? I honestly, I'm gonna look it up. The backstage setup looks pretty weird to me, also. Like with the two levels. Yeah, I mean, 
I guess it's, I don't know. I haven't been in like any big Broadway houses backstage, so I don't know what they look like. But See, that's where I was. I was like, did they film this at like an actual? I don't think so. It's probably more likely a theater somewhere in LA. Um, yeah, it was probably just some studio in Warner Brothers lot or the Fox News lot or something. The Fox News lot. It would just be the yeah. Fox lot, Courtney. Yeah, the Fox News lot. You think they filmed Glee? Like, next door to Tucker Carlson? Yeah. Just to annoy him. (laughs) Come on, you know nobody at Fox likes him. (laughs) Anyways, so that was creepy. And then they are back at... Kurt and Elliot are back at Kurt's place. And they're fully acting like they're a couple, by the way. Yeah, like Kurt's like making cinnamon rolls. <laughs> and he, Elliot's like, This has been a great day, Kurt, but I know what you're doing. And Kurt's like, What do you mean? And Elliot's like, I don't want your band, dude. <laughs> Just like, I don't want, want your stupid band named Pamela Lansbury. Who would want Yeah, I just that? mean like have friends and hang out with other talented, cool people. And Kurt's like, Oh my God okay and then they he, like, a... specifically says that it's hard to make gay friends who aren't crazy to be <laughs> fair i have heard from some gay male friends that it is very hard to be friends with other gay men who aren't like crazy or trying to just hook up with you so i have heard that sentiment before <laughs> okay so you've confirmed that this portion of the episode was accurate <laughs> i can fact check that this portion of the episode is accurate for <laughs> Some men that I know who are also gay. <laughs> I think that's why gay men have a lot of girlfriends. <laughs> yeah, because men are annoying <laughs> at their core. Yeah. Men are trash. <laughs> Is Rick still there? <laughs> he just went downstairs, actually. <laughs> He's the exception and to me. <laughs> You are the only. <laughs> no. Did they do that on Glee? Did they do that? Yes. On yeah, oh, in try. season two. God, <laughs> it's so weird. So, what was I saying? Oh, and Star Child. So then they take a selfie together, and the first one's bad because Elliot's chewing, and then the second one is good because Elliot gives him like a little kiss on the cheek, and it's cute. And they're like, "Ooh, we're just like friends." That'll be important later. So. (laughs) (laughs) New frenemies are brewing. New frenemies are brewing. Dun, dun, dun. And then Rachel and Santana come home later after Elliot's gone. And Rachel's like, one of us needs to go. Kurt, vote on who? And Kurt's like, no. Um, (laughs) Kurt's like, what if I didn't? And Rachel's like, then fine. I'm leaving. And Santana's like, okay (laughs) and then rachel starts packing up to leave and um we'll get to the rest of that later because there's something else that's very dramatic that we can't spoil yet (laughs) Um, so rewind back to the beginning of the show mckinley high school (laughs) tina and artie don't care about this well i'll power through it tina and artie are eating lunch together in the gym and they're just like being like oh my god it's so cool how we can be friends they're like very they're putting on very thick of like it's so cool that we can be friends even though we dated and it was weird and then they start singing some rando song don't know what the song was um well so like artie's basically like comforting tina because she got waitlisted at brown and she only applied to their ohio state and like vet school yeah it's like just apply to more schools but anyway Artie's like you'll get into brown you'll get off the wait list and then they sing this song called like whenever i call you friend i don't remember who it's by it's probably someone famous i'm sorry but like it was a snooze yeah it was boring they were all just singing in like the glee club room together and then becky walks in and tells them all to shut the fuck up (laughs) becky has some boss moments in this episode like what she calls kurt pancake face yeah. <laughs> I don't really get what she means by that, but sure. It is, but it's funny. So she tells Tina and Artie that Principal Sylvester wants to see them. And so they both go to uh, Sue's office. And Sue is like, unfortunately, you're tied for valedictorian because 
you have you both have the same GPA and the same attendance and the same extracurriculars. So, um, we're gonna have a like a speech contest, a speech debate. So they both have to write a speech and then present it at the end of the week. And whoever's speech um, Sue and her panel of blue ribbon judges like better um, gets to be. The <laughs> I don't audience. know what this show's obsession is with the concept of a blue ribbon panel because, like, this is not the first time, and like, I don't get it. Um, yes. But Sue also yeah. said, uh, "You'll be judged by a blue ribbon panel full of idiots of my choosing." <laughs> yeah, and then she said that if either of them sing a song, she would personally um, make sure that everything they drank from then on out would have just a little bit of her pee in it. <laughs> she was like, every single liquid you encounter. <laughs> Sue was not in this episode much, but when she was, she had some very good lines. Yeah. So, thus um, creates frenemy number three, um, RDV Tina. Tina and So Tardy. Tardy. Um, Aina. Artina. <laughs> Artina. Shout out to uh, those two for starting a Glee podcast, fucking copying our idea. <laughs> they, they actually had one, like, a couple years ago, and then they stopped doing it, and then they just started it again. And they, and like, the started first, over. And their first episode, they had, you guessed it, Ryan Murphy. <laughs> Satan himself. I, I haven't oh listened my God. to it Courtney, what? did you read what he said on their show? No. I know you sent me that article. Courtney? I was at work. Courtney, he says that the part of Mr. Shu was originally written to be played by oh, Justin Timberlake. I did see this. I did and, see this. And, that, and that in the original script, Mr. Shu was a crystal meth addict who inappropriately touches the kids. Which honestly explains- Again, Played so by much. Justin Timberlake. <laughs> this honestly explains like ninety. Like it is just confirming everything I've already said about this show. <laughs> <laughs> that like Mr. She was just a wannabe Justin Timberlake, and he's creepy, and he probably did meth at some point. <laughs> <laughs> just once, just just to see if it was worth it. Then <laughs> he almost jumped off a roof one time because he what failed math. <laughs> He he cheated on a test. Oh, that's right. <laughs> he didn't even fail. He just cheated on a single test. Jesus. Um, yeah. I can't believe that, like, I think I wrote Glee. And then Ryan Murphy, would, like, ex- like it pulled it you from You time-traveled, assumed Ryan Murphy's identity, wrote Glee, and time-traveled back. And then I gave him the script and said, you know what to do. And then I came back. <laughs> And you know what? He both did it and fucked it all up. So, <laughs> Ugh. so yeah. So they're fighting now. Tina and Artie are fighting. Tina's like, I need to be valedictorian so I can get in brown. Artie's like, but I want to be valedictorian because look at me. And <laughs> and then Mr. Shoe's like, what about a sing-off or something for the for the solo and for starters? Uh, na- before before this happens. Tina, so, like, Tina and Artie are arguing, but, like, it's, it's, like, all normal. And then Tina takes it to a new level when she's, like, your girlfriend doesn't even love you. <laughs> she's, like, your girlfriend's the biggest bitch in McKinley. And then Artie's, she's like, clearly no, only dating you to, like, use you for some, something. Like, to, to, like, make her look better because she's dating a kid in a wheelchair or something. Like, it's, it's really yeah. mean and uncalled for and, like, unprompted. Like, it's a completely well, unforced error on her part. And then, and Tina's like, you're dating the biggest bitch in McKinley. And then Artie's like, no, Tina, you're the biggest bitch in McKinley. Which is a great and line. I was like, <laughs> no, it's like, genuinely good. And then Mr. Shu is like, who's going to sing the other solo besides Blaine for Nationals? And then he's he, like, He brings yeah, up her because Blaine was voted the new Rachel. He automatically gets a solo at Nationals. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's so stupid. It's like, what does that even mean? Because <laughs> like, Blaine like... was voted the new Rachel. Already decided who the new Rachel was. It's not like everybody voted. 
It's so stupid. So he's like, you two do a sing-off. And so Tina and Artie are doing a sing-off. They, they immediately. He says, how about a sing-off? And they immediately. With, with like, like he says, how about a sing-off? And they go, mmm, bop, just immediately. Yeah. What is the song called? It's, uh, My Lovin', You're Never Gonna Get It by, uh, never and Vogue. Never gonna get it, never gonna get it, never gonna get it. Yeah, and they're like fight singing. Tina's like shaking her ass at Artie a lot, calling Kitty a bitch, like in to her face, basically with the lyrics of the song. Yeah, and then Mister Shoe has to like break them apart at one point, and he just goes, "Time for a breakdown." And then they go, "Never gonna get it, never gonna get it, never gonna get it, never gonna get it." And then they keep continuing, and Artie and Tina, Tina like grabs Artie's chair and is like pushing him across the room and then like he flips over onto the floor <laughs> and everyone's like out yeah he straight up falls out of his chair and everyone's like oh my god tina what it the goes fuck? silent <laughs> and like sam has to pick him up and put him back in the chair and artie's like whatever i'm fine and then he like leaves the room and tina's like artie i'm so sorry and he's like shut the fuck up <laughs> But then, like, go home, Tina. <laughs> the next time we we see the two of them, it's for the speech competition, right? Like, uh, like, they like they talk in the hallway one more time, I think. No, but we don't see that until during this. They're doing their speeches. Oh yeah, so, like, I guess you. I guess I. I, I guess the next time we see it. them, both of them are just like in the gymnasium, about to give their speeches. And, like, Tina's giving her speech and then is like, but I want Artie to be valedictorian. And then it, like, flashes back to them in the hallway and Tina's like, Artie, I'm so sorry. You know you're my best friend still, right? And Artie's like, ditto. Like, that's it. That's them making up. (laughs) Yeah, we really, like, I feel like this did not have very good resolution. Like, I I think the end result was good, but, like, it wasn't resolved very well. No, like if I both... was already, Tina would have to do a lot more to make me forgive her. Like that was really uncalled for. They both give their speeches. Beast and Figgins are sobbing. Like, <laughs> yeah, the blue ribbon panel is Sue, Will, Figgins, and Beast. And like Beast and Figgins are sobbing because both Tina and Artie are saying that the other should be valedictorian. Figgins, the 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 image of Figgins weeping was so funny to me. Oh my god. And then Sue like calls him in her, her office and is like that was disgusting and I hated it. Um, and surprise, it's a tie, so neither of you are going to be valedictorians. Blaine, who is number three in the class, will be valedictorian. And Artie and Tina are furious. <laughs> they like scream. <laughs> and Blaine's like, but guys, I don't want, I mean, things just kind of get handed to me, you know? And I just like, I don't want it, you know? Like, <laughs> he's so funny. He was yeah, honestly, Blaine. honestly, Blaine was hardly in this episode, but when he was, he was the funniest in the room. <laughs> he was chasing them down the hallway, going, "Guys, I don't know. Things just keep getting handed to me, and like, I don't ask for it, guys." And then Becky like yells at him and is like, "Did you and your boyfriend break up?" And and Blaine was like, "No." Blaine's- and Becky. Blaine's entire demeanor does a complete 180. The second Becky shows up, he's so mad. (laughs) And then Becky shows him the Facebook picture of Elliot kissing Kurt's cheek. And Blaine's like, they're just friends. (laughs) (laughs) As he's plotting how to dismember Elliot and dissolve his body in acid. Yeah, he's like, how can I co- cut off this man's dick? <laughs> and then he, Becky tells Kurt that Pancake Face is getting ass. <laughs> and then Blaine and Tina and Artie go to the Glee Club room and Blaine's like, well, so I already have a solo in Nationals and I think for my valedictorian speech, I want to sing a song. But um, I want to. I want you guys to help me pick a song. And Tina and Artie, I want you guys to sing it with me. And you guys can have, even have some solos. How nice this of me! Dumb. And then, 
Yeah, so they go to the auditorium. <laughs> it's uh, Blaine, Tina, and Artie on stage. I think all of the No, they're not all on stage. It's those three on stage, and they start singing uh, Breakaway by Kelly Clarkson, um, which made me have a stroke. And then, like, as they're singing it, presumably, like, they would be singing it to a graduating class of high schoolers, which is a very sad song to sing to a bunch of high schoolers. Could have sang Closing Time. That would have been better. Um, <laughs> closing Time? <laughs> Courtney, no. What did you say? Graduation by Vitamin C? <laughs> yeah. Topical. Um, we always did... Closing Time? <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't know. They could have sang anything else, honestly. But it's very dramatic. It's the then... end of the world as we know it. They <laughs> <laughs> should have sang <laughs> Living on a Prayer. <laughs> they already did that. So? <laughs> they already did Don't Rain on My Parade. <laughs> They'll do Don't Stop Believing. Let's be real. Oh, fair. True, true, true. They're just going to do their journey medley again. Um, <laughs> so they're singing it, and as they're singing it, we cut back to Rachel packing her room dramatically. And then she goes to leave the apartment with just one of her she suitcases. She only takes one of the two suitcases she packed, by the way. And she hugs Kurt goodbye. And then she goes to Santana, goes past her, picks up a picture of the two of them together, looks her unblinking, dead in the <laughs> eyes, rips it in half, rips it in half again, and then rips it and rips it. And then walks She rips away. it like 12 times. And then she walks out the door and tosses the pieces behind her. <laughs> Cold blooded. <laughs> like she is a bad she got, bitch. She, she got ice in her veins. Because <laughs> you're as cold as ice. <laughs> Remember when Santana sang cold hearted? Because you're a cold-hearted snake. We should edit Coco Montrese and her sleeves in the background of that performance. (laughs) (laughs) I just see Coco, like, Santana doing it, and Coco just going- And Coco, like, out of focus in the background. (laughs) Just, like, like a helicopter in the back. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, please somebody make that, please. They might exist on the internet. I feel like the Venn diagram between Drag Race and Glee is a circle, so. <laughs> but yeah, that was the episode. <laughs> Elise, what was your favorite song? <laughs> it's not like any of them were bad. They just didn't make any fucking sense. They were all, it was like you said, it's like they like drew them from a hat. Like, it was yeah. just so... It felt Random. like it felt like they were given a list of songs to use this season, and they threw them all in a hat and were like, uh, "This one, this one, this one. We can build an episode off of that." Like what? Yeah, it, it's like it's like in season one when Figgins was like, "You can only do songs from this approved list." What's a left balloon? <laughs> What's a left balloon? <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It was so ra- they were all so random. Okay, so it was the Tina and Artie song from the beginning, When I Call You Friend. Um, it was uh, brave. brave. Every Breath You Take, I Believe in a Thing Called Love, Never Gonna Get It. Don't Rain on My Parade. Don't Rain on My Parade. And Break uh, Breakaway. Oh my god, that's eight songs. Yeah, that's too many. That's so many. Oh my god. Okay, um... Who was that? There's something against every single one of these in my eyes <laughs> yeah i was like it's, i wouldn't say any of them are wildly offensive but they're... no there's just something wrong with each of them and so like i feel like i can't decide which is the best because like a lot of them they, they like have some decent stuff going for them like but... I, want, I want the darkness song to be better Yeah, if it were better it would be so good like imagine them like both like actually sing it in their natural registers like up and oh, i want them to go to their full falsettos like come on yeah guys. exactly like, I, exactly I know they it. they're both freaking countertenors like come on they're perfect for it 
but like but like it was just weird watching it and like same with don't rain on my uh, same with, isn't, like, exactly yeah and like i even thought that like parts of never gonna get it were like fun yeah but then like it ends with a man being thrown from a wheelchair so upsetting you know <laughs> it's just it's just a little distressing <laughs> I guess breakaway because of the drama. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's a really strong point. I think I'm going to have to agree with you on that one. Yeah, I think breakaway because a, I, think, I think we logiced our way into an answer. It's just objectively, <laughs> we're comfortable with. It's just objectively a great song and they sing it great and it's very dramatic. Blaine gets to sing. No <laughs> Tina and Artie get to sing, which is nice. Yeah, it was nice to, like, hear Kevin McHale's voice again, because he's very talented. It is fun that this was a Tina and Artie episode that wasn't about them being Asian and or in a wheelchair, kind of. <laughs> That's true. I mean, the wheelchair still played into it, but, uh... But it wasn't, like, Artie being like, man, I wish I could walk. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And it wasn't about Tina being like, don't you think I wish I had blue eyes? <laughs> and a stutter. <laughs> That's my Tina impression. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Toothless, because of Daylight Savings, Toothless thinks it's time for D-I-N-N-E-R already, because it's also kind of dark outside, and he's very... That's confused. a mistake. He has at least two to three hours left. <laughs> you are so any mistaken, Mr. Man. Anyways, that's what she missed on Glee. Um. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was season five, episode nine, Frenemies. Per usual, our first episode of recording is always going to be our longest, so you're welcome. <laughs> and I guess we should watch another episode. Yeah, let's do it. Future us, take it away. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of TH Glee. If you like this episode, you can give it a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you want to see more from us, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at THGlee420. If you want to hear more of my voice, you can check out Pumping Up the Podcast, a Hannah Montana podcast, or follow me on Twitter at LovelyLacy. And if you want to hear more of my voice, you can listen to Ramsey's recaps and Trailer Trash, or follow me on Twitter at Courtney Sile. And until next time, don't stop believing. Oh my god. <laughs>